Hi, and welcome to Unquenchable Hope. I'm Louanne Botta. And I'm Marianne Crum. We know it's hard to hang on to hope in a world that sometimes seems bent on stealing it, but it's not impossible. So stay tuned as we tackle all kinds of issues and talk about how, you know, no matter what this world dishes out, you can live with unquenchable hope. Hi, everybody. We're back again, and we're going to continue the conversation we started last week, particularly about teenagers, but this also applies certainly to adults, about how to avoid falling into the trap of sexual sin, which is sadly a big deal in our world and in the church. Mm -hmm. We were just sharing some tragic stories of strong believers that we knew, pastors, youth pastors, Mm -hmm. people that we fellowshiped with who just wrecked their lives and their ministries um, because they sinned sexually. So last week, I started out with my introduction. Uh, My introductions, if you've been listening to our podcast, are usually a bit off the wall. So I was talking about my Vicks VapoRub humidifier and the crazy directions that came with it, the warnings desperate for entertainment, I went into my drawer of all of the instruction manuals I have for all my different gadgets and appliances and stuff. And I started reading them to see if this was just a new trend that they included all its silly warnings with every product. So I found some of the most ridiculous stuff in there. I have this shoulder massager and it said not to use it if you have cartilage. Wait, Everybody's got cartilage, right? I mean, I'm no biology whiz, but I'm thinking if you don't have any cartilage in your body, your problem is bigger than needing a a massage. (laughs) You'd be like a human jellyfish. (laughs) My oven (laughs) manual instructed you not to climb inside the oven. Oh my gosh. I know. My washing machine thing (laughs) said, don't add gasoline to to your wash water. Because I'm sure so many people oh, are tempted to. These are real. You can it's come to crazy. my house and look in my drawer and it's there. I promise you. Anyway, the point being, she's crying now, as it was last week, that although manufacturers obviously will issue crazy warnings, when God gives us warnings, yes. there's a reason for it. Yes. And there are a lot of warnings about avoiding sexual immorality. And it's not because God is a cosmic killjoy right. and doesn't want us to have fun. Right. It's because he knows the toll that it's going to take. When you look around in the world, in the political realm, in Hollywood, mm. in the Bible, so much tragedy involves people giving in to sexual temptation. Yes. David and Bathsheba, so many of the patriarchs, their families were a hot mess because of sexual sin, all kinds of bad stuff. And God knew that, which is why he put this in the Bible. That's why he wanted it to have boundaries. Absolutely. Because it it gets out of control. Yes. Hurts way too many people. Yep. It can cause emotional hurt, betrayal, rejection, physical hurt, disease. Yes. That's why he had boundaries. How does all this happen? Well, it basically happens because we give in to temptation. Yes. So today we're going to start out just looking at the progression of temptation and sin. We can all fall into these traps. It's not like any of us are immune to it. And it's important really to talk to teenagers about how does this happen? God tells us in his word in 1 Corinthians 10, 13, that he'll always make a way of escape. Yes. And... I believe that the Holy Spirit in us, now we're talking about people that are 
Christ followers, mm-hmm. believers in Christ, people that don't know Christ, they come up with their own morality. And, yes. But if you're a Christian, then God will prompt. There's just red flags that throws up along mm-hmm. the way. Mm-hmm. And don't ignore them. Just don't put yourself in a situation where it gets harder and harder and harder to resist the temptation. In James chapter 1, verses 14 through 16, it says, But each person is tempted when he is lured Mm -hmm. and enticed by his own desire. Then desire, when it has conceived, gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is fully grown, brings forth death. Do not be deceived, my beloved brothers. So we all have desires and we all Mm -hmm. face temptations. Mm People will feel guilty just because they were tempted. And that's not the sin. No, it's not. John wrote in 1 John about the kinds of desires that lead us into trouble. And it says in 1 John 2.16, For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the Mm -hmm. lust of the eyes and the boastful pride of life is not from the Father, but is from the world. And Mm -hmm. we're getting a whole lot of messages from the world these days through all the different media, social media and stuff. When I was thinking about the lust of the flesh... That's basically, we want something we don't have. Mm -hmm. The lust of the eyes, we see something that we think is going to satisfy us. And you can see all of this even in the Garden of Eden with Eve. Yeah. That she wanted something she didn't have, or Adam and Eve both. Yes. And said that she saw that it was beautiful. Good good, good, good fruit. Then the boastful pride of life would be thinking things like, well, I deserve this. I deserve to be happy. And I think this is going to make me happy or everybody else is doing it. That's right. Or this doesn't really hurt anybody. That's right. Those Mm -hmm. are those lies. Those are those lies. So Mm -hmm. anyway, that progression of temptation, paying attention to the warning signs, talking to your kids about temptation. Yes. So they're not just going naively into a situation and thinking that, oh, I can put the brakes on whenever I want. Yes. You know what I was thinking too? Temptation... When it talks about that in the scripture, it says Jesus was tempted in all things yet without yeah, sin. That's right. And he was bombarded by so many people. Mm-hmm. So he was tempted, but he never acted upon it. So he was pure. He was able to be able to push that aside. And he was human too, but he was able to push that aside. And I mm-hmm. think with temptation, I have it here in the book real quick, if I can read it. Mm-hmm. Um, this is in the boys book. It says, to be curious and think about sex is normal. But to be obsessed with that curiosity or thinking is lust. Temptation is just, you're thinking about it. Mm -hmm. You're not sure you want to fall to it. But when you keep thinking about it, so that would be anything. Okay, let's do it with food. If I was constantly thinking about a cheesecake from the Cheesecake Factory who makes the best cheesecakes in the whole world, and I kept thinking about it, but I knew that I was on this, let's say, 15-day fast, and that was definitely something I was fasting. But the more I kept thinking about it, the more I kept wanting it, the more I kept saying, you know what? Okay, Sundays I won't fast, so I'll I'll have it on Sundays. You start breaking down because you keep thinking about it. So with temptation, you can't keep allowing those thoughts to keep coming through your head. You have to know what to do with them. And so that's where it's very important that your young person and us as adults know what to do with temptations. You said it in the last segment. I forget how you said it. The lie or the lie. Uh, yes, that's it. The lie or the what? The lie or the life. Yes. You either choose the lie or the that's life. It. Yes. Lies of Satan versus the life that yes. Christ offers us. Yes. With temptation, it's acting it out. And I think what we're seeing is 
a lot of people don't have a filter. filter right. <laughs> You're like, okay, they where's don't your have boundaries? Yes. And where's your filters? Where are your boundaries? I brought up lust because you talked about lust of the flesh, lust mm-hmm. of the eyes, and the boastful pride of life. And I think what happens with, if I can talk about boys for a second, well, girls too, because now we're understanding that pornography is out there with the girls. But I had two separate boys at separate times, seniors in high school, very well known. If they were athletic and all that. They both came to me at, at different times and both crying, sobbing to me about their addiction to pornography, that they could not look at a girl in a clean way whatsoever. Broken, broken, broken about it. And they're 18. So I think what happens with this temptation that we're talking about, the pornography, listening to what those boys were saying, pornography does to boys what eating disorders do to girls. It's a monster inside been around a lot of girls with eating disorders and it's a monster. They think they're fat when they are very, very skinny. Mm-hmm. It makes them think there's something that they're not. And then the same thing then with the boys, they're so caught in it, then they find out how to hide it. And that becomes such a lust for them. It just steals so much mm-hmm. of their life. And so when we're talking about temptation and the scripture says, watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. That's Matthew twenty six forty one. Our spirit man wants to rise above this. Our flesh wants a part of it. Yeah. So that's who we're fighting. And it's always, always easier to resist at the beginning. Yeah. When yes. the thought is first there, even with food, yes, but yes. In, in any area. Think of Barney Five, nip it in the bud, <laughs> nip it in the bud. But it's actually true. Barney spoke truth. <laughs> Before it becomes this giant snowball going down the hill, catch it. Yes, it's at the beginning. Well, that's so good that you said it because I can read these temptations, not sin. Keep yourself out of compromising situations. Mm -hmm. That's one of the things too, because you you know when those are coming up. Satan uses temptation to make us fall. God is not tempting us. So there's that scripture in James 1, 13 to 15. It says, when tempted, no one should say, God has tempted me. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. And that's the thing. And I mentioned it in the last episode, too, that if we could somehow impart to our kids mm-hmm. as they're growing up that God's ways lead to life. Yes. Disobedience leads to, to death of some kind. Yes. And if they buy into that truth, it will keep them out of so much trouble. Absolutely. Because the pressure is enormous, the peer pressure. In our next episode, we're going to talk a little bit more about, as parents, how can we help kids to swim upstream against the culture? So yes. we'll get a little bit more into the parenting part of this. Yes. But honestly, if a kid will believe what the word says about Satan's ultimate goal for them, which uh-huh. is death and destruction, Absolutely. as opposed to God. Yes. And not see it just as, well, God <laughs> doesn't want me to have any fun. He's just all, don't do this and don't do that. Yeah, don't no, do no. That. It's about the heart for any of us. It's, a, it's about who are we here to please? Do we really buy into God's ways are best? That's right. That's right there. That's mm-hmm. right there, Marion. I think that's where we have fallen so, so much. In these days and times, you just can't leave it to chance if you're a parent. And again, I don't want to get ahead and talk about next week's podcast, but this is important stuff. And we didn't mention at the beginning of this episode that Luann has written two books, one for teenage girls, one for teenage boys, as well as their parents. And it includes study questions. Yes, at the end of each Um, chapter. Yes. Challenges them to stand. 
Those are available on Luann's website, Mm -hmm. and her address is in the show notes. You know, whether you're a parent or not, you probably have some teenagers in your life in some capacity. Maybe you work with youth at your church. You're probably an aunt or an uncle or grandparent, but this is important information. Yes. It's not fair to the kids to put the girls on the pill and give a boy condoms. I mean, there's no condom for a broken heart. There's no condom for emotions. Here's a book title. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) Yeah, I don't think so. (laughs) But there is none. There isn't. There's none to to, to protect them. It's their spiritual life. I'm real big in analogies in object lessons. And I, I had myself standing in front of the classroom, the podium that I used to teach. And I'm like, that's Jesus right there. But when we start to do whatever we want to do, we're the ones that walk away. He's gone nowhere. He has stayed put. But because we want what we want, uh, which is what the prodigal son did, he wanted what he wanted. He wanted the girls. He wanted the party life. He wanted all that. And his father didn't keep him back. He gave him his inheritance, which he should not have had to do, and sent him on. But the father never left. He was still at the house and he was looking for that boy. And we don't even know how long he was gone. But that father had to be looking because he did see him off in the mm-hmm. distance. So I always told them, I said, so I'm over here. And God's like, Psst, I'm over here. Trying to talk them back to coming back to him. Mm-hmm. Because he's not angry, but he has a better way. Yes. This is where I feel like this has fallen apart. And this is after all these years I've been doing this. And even though I have not been in the classroom for quite some time, I'm seeing it, hearing it. I think I put this on the back and the shoulders of the church. Because our kids somehow are not hearing the message. Because when I talk about this to some parents, it's like sex is not a big deal if their kids are having it. And I have to do like almost a double take because I get so thrown off because I watched the destruction it did to their children. Yes. And their kids can act like it's no big deal. And mom and dad can act like it's no big deal. But it is a big deal in the sight of the father. Mm -hmm. It is allowing our children to become one with somebody. It's allowing our children to become hard in their heart Mm -hmm. towards spiritual things. It causes death to the spirit man. It just does. Because why? It's a sin. And for a Christian teenager, they know. Yes. They're dealing with all this guilt. Somewhere here in my notes, I had the passage. Oh yeah, here it is. King David, who's mm. kind of the poster boy for giving in to temptation. <laughs> yes. And he's describing in Psalm 32 how he felt when he was carrying that guilt from that sexual sin uh, yes. before he confessed it. And he mm-hmm. says, when I kept silent about my mm-hmm. sin, my body wasted away through my groaning all day long. Mm-hmm. For day and night, your hand was heavy upon me. That's right. My vitality failed as with the dry heat of summer. I acknowledged my sin to you, and and I did not hide my guilt. I said, I will confess my wrongdoings to the Lord, and you forgave the guilt of my sin. So good. But my understanding is that it was a year before Mm -hmm. Nathan confronted him. So for that year, he was miserable. And we can try to ignore that reality, but if you have given your life to Christ, and then you're out, committing sins, you are going to be one miserable human being. That's right. Because you know what? I think what may be happening is the fact that we can push down that heaviness. We can push it away. Yeah, or, or We could just say, or... we'll do whatever you want to get rid of that heaviness. Right. Because we've all felt it because that is the conviction, conviction of the Lord. Mm-hmm. That's not the condemnation of the Lord. It's the conviction that says, warning, warning, warning. Yeah. I don't want you going this path. I don't want you going this path. 
In Psalm 51, David wrote that from what he did with Bathsheba. When you're looking at how David felt, he explains it pretty well there. So I think that we have to understand that it's not God's way, but I believe we've taken it like it's no big deal. Think about the movies, the TV shows, they portray it as just no big deal. This is normal to just hop from one bed to the other. Yeah. This is the goal. That's right. That, that's that it's the not measure of your happiness. Yes. How many different people you sleep with. Yes. It's such a life. It is. It is. I had a former student. I was telling Don, uh, Marianne this earlier. She always forgets my name. That's <laughs> um, <laughs> so we're a name I have tag. A, we're doing our- I had a former student. I'll say her name because she doesn't care. Her name's Tammy. I knew her very, very well. All through her 20s, she was always calling me for advice, you know, after high school and stuff. And I was just teaser because she was like five foot nothing. She truly was this little, just five foot nothing. She flew double bladed helicopters for the Navy and she just fit the pedals. And, um, but we were a booster seat. <laughs> yeah. But she used to tell me, you know, when we would be talking, she would tell every guy she ever went out with that she was not going to sleep with them. She'd tell me in high school, Ms. Spada, this is not going to be a problem for me. I want to wait till I get married. I don't want this. I don't want to sleep with somebody before I get married. So we talked a lot. And every time she went out with somebody, she did the same thing she did when she was in high school. Mm-hmm. She would tell them, I just want you to know up front, I'm not going to sleep with you. So she went out with this guy. This story is in both the books. I had it for both the boys and the girls with Tammy's permission, obviously. And she said she's at dinner and she tells it to this guy and they're talking for a little while longer. And then he said he needed to run, run to the bathroom. He said, excuse himself to go to the bathroom. And he never came back to the table. Uh- and he left wow. her there and she had to call a friend to come get her, had to pay for the dinner. And mm. I know, and she called me that night crying. But this time she's in her, you know, mid twenties and she's crying. I said, Tammy, you know what? I said, he just told you what he was. Exactly. Well, I told her, I said, you know what? He could have said, Tammy, that's fine. Well, I'm looking for somebody that I'd want to sleep with. So let's just have a nice dinner, be yeah. a gentleman, pay for it right? and say, okay, thanks. Mm-hmm. You know, this was nice tonight, but I won't be asking you out again because I do want to sleep with somebody. If that's what he wanted. That wasn't about you. No. That was about him. And I know it hurt. He exposed his heart. Yeah, he did. In a lot of ways. Yeah. I said he could have stayed. Right. He just could have stayed and been honest. You were honest with him. He could have been honest back. Uh, a friend of mine <clears throat> is single, never been married, and she's done a lot of internet dating. Yeah. And she got so discouraged because these guys would say that they were Christians and they were all involved in their churches. Then she would find out four or five dates in what they really thought about premarital sex oh, yeah. and find out that they were so compromised. Some of them would twist God's words so crazily to justify their sin. So she got to where early on in the whole internet dating world, I guess you're texting back and forth or emailing yes. or whatever. Yes. And so she, she would just do the same thing. Okay, let me just get this out of the way. What do you think about <laughs> premarital sex? But it was discouraging to her. It was discouraging to me to hear this, that there are so many guys who would claim to be Christ followers. Mm-hmm. And yet in that area of their lives, they just had it is written so, it off. No, you know? it is so written off. Yeah. That it's not a big deal. But you can't do that without also having a seared conscience in other areas of your life. Well, it will affect I other mean, areas. How could it not? I mean, look what we were talking about earlier about the ministries that have fallen. I sometimes think that maybe somebody won't get to the place that God might have had for them mm-hmm. because he couldn't trust. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, I do. He, he would want to trust us with that. If you're not faithful in, in that, small why things, is he can't he give you much. You? Correct. Yeah. You know, it's funny, and this just came to my mind when I had only been a teacher for a small time at the academy. It was the summer 
And I think I might have told the story before, but, and one of my good guy friends, I had a great friend. He was just a guy friend. We, there was nothing between us, oh, but just a great friends. Yes. Yeah. And he invited me. He goes, Lou, he calls me on the phone. He goes, Lou, I just won two tickets to the Caribbean. It's a, for golf. And I'm a big golfer and it's the Caribbean. It's the summertime. I'm like, yes, I'll go. Of course I'll go. And I'm thinking no one will know. I'm, I, that's fine. So, and my friend said, you can have the bedroom. I'll take the couch. We have 36 holes of golf for two days in a row and all expenses paid, all the food, everything's paid. I'm like, yes, 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 I'll go, I'll go. I know sooner I hang up the phone and I hear as plain as day in my heart, you can't go. And I'm like, Lord, why? I said, what do you mean? He goes, you can't go. And all I heard was, is because of what it will look like mm-hmm. when you leave the room. I'm like, but Lord, I'm not going to sleep with him. I know that I'm not. I just know that. We had been friends since high school. That was never between us. And he, all he said was, is because what it would look like. So I end up telling him and he's like, ah, oh, Luke. And I'm like, I'm sorry, I got to obey. And little did I know the ministry that was coming my way. God wanted to see my obedience. Because I did tell that story to some students and they're like, Miss Bottom, that was innocent. Nothing was going to happen. I said, I had to be obedient to the Lord. That was one of those red flags. Yes. You could mm-hmm. have ignored it. Yeah. You know? He wanted to see if I would be obedient because yeah. he knew what he wanted to place in my hands and he wanted to see if he could trust me with yeah. it. Yeah. There are so many different ramifications to this. Yes, I know. We talked about some of them last week. The, the way that people just are so nonchalant, not understanding that it's not just your body. No. That Mm-mm. it's your spirit and your emotions. And yes. Everything gets all entangled. I think I mentioned this in the last episode too, that I talked to a lot of women Mm. and watched the tangled mess that's left. Not that they don't understand they're forgiven. They know that they are, but it still takes a toll. Some people have processed it and really have accepted that cleansing and that forgiveness crisis there. But I do see a lot of them that have very complicated emotional baggage. And you can from, that. from there, yeah. It, you can relate it to that yeah, when you're talking well, yeah, with them. Because they they related to that. Oh yeah, just the mm-hmm. guilt, the way it's interfered in their marriage. We mm-hmm. mentioned that in the last episode. How God offers forgiveness and cleansing, and our goal here is certainly not to mm. make anyone feel condemned. Oh no, that's not our heart. No, no, no. We just I want to encourage you, especially if you're a mom or a parent, to not ignore this topic with your kids. We are not living in times where we have that luxury. Yes. We don't. We had boys. I have two sons. So I was always kind of glad that (laughs) I didn't have to have the talk with them. And they're 39 and 36. Things have changed so much since they were in high school. That's right. Uh, No, it really has. It's really changed. And I'm hearing from some of my former students, they don't know what to do with what's going on in this onslaught to their teenagers. And so whether it's your teenager, whether it's your grandchild, I just don't think this is something we fluff off. But it's showing itself a little bit in the church that we aren't taking it as seriously as we need to. So much has become acceptable now. Well, we just can't fight this tide anymore, so we're just going to give in to it. And that is not what we're called to, and it's not what the world needs to see. No, and I think the hope in all of this, I would never be doing this if I didn't see that Jesus Christ changes lives and that he forgives and forgets. Mm -hmm. So I know that that is the truth. No matter who we are, no matter if you're thinking about yourself right now while you're listening to this or whether you're thinking about your kids, there is forgiveness with God. And that forgiveness is sure. We want to reiterate the hope that we have in this is Jesus. He already made the, the playbook the playbook's out there for everything that we're dealing with. Mm-hmm. Even this whole sexual sin that's going on all around us, the playbook is in our hands. Yeah. 
And it's it, not outdated. In his word, it is not it outdated. It's still relevant, still That's true, exactly still right. leads to life. When I wrote the girl's book like 10 years ago, then I updated it last year. And I only updated because I needed to put in sexting and a couple other things I didn't bullying because that's what people are doing. And I'm thinking, I better add this. But all those other truths, they don't get old. And it was easy to write the boys book. I wrote the boys book in I think two or three weeks. Oh, wow. Because I always wanted to have sons and I just was writing it. I was calling them this, this warrior and they can be that. They have to choose to be it, Yeah. but they can be it. And they may stand alone and they may that's right. be different. We live for an audience of one. That's right. One, one person I always thought that had the handle on this, and he talked about it freely, was Tim Tebow. Mm-hmm. And he just did. And he, and he was ridiculed oh, so yes, much. He was ridiculed. But, I mean, the guy took a beating after college and after he was in the professional football and wasn't baseball. the and baseball, not the athlete that he truly loves to be. You uh-huh. know, obviously, those were his gifts. But he was very forthright about how he doesn't sleep with anybody. He's got a beautiful wife. Mm-hmm. I think she's a model. And he's not in football, but I'll tell you one thing he's doing. He's changing the world Yes, for Christ. Mm-hmm. And that's, again, what it's all about. He's really strong right now on um, human trafficking. He mm-hmm. is fights that. He's got his own foundation. He's just a really strong guy. And he took a beating from the culture making yeah. fun of him. He didn't care. He didn't care. Yeah. That just shows you the spiritual element of all this because mm-hmm. you can be as wild as you want to be and the world won't beat up on you. That's or exactly right. you can right. be a real sleaze bag; they mm-hmm. won't beat up on you. Right. But you try to do things the right That's way right. and you get throttled. And usually when that starts coming, you know you're doing you're the right doing, thing. You're doing the right thing. <laughs> yeah. That's, right. yeah. That's yeah. the life. When we yeah. talk about choosing in the life, there's a great reward in that. Yes, there is. Yes, there is. Mm-hmm. There is. All right, well, next time we're going to come back and talk about parenting in a more general sense and try to talk our way through how we do this thing. We all have kids in our lives, so we hope that you'll join us next week. We pray you've been encouraged today and that you'll come back next week for more Truth and Hope. And if you'd like to know more about us, check out our websites. Those addresses are in the show notes. And hey, if this podcast encouraged you, it can probably encourage someone else. So please share it and share some hope.